I use they and them as my pronouns. And when someone uses they and them as my pronouns, I feel like that person is listening to me. That person cares about me and that person wants to have a conversation with me. Pronouns are a fascinating part of modern culture. I don't think many people think about them very often until someone like myself or others say their pronouns. So when I introduce myself, I generally say, hi, my name's Sam Britton. I use they and them as my pronouns, and I serve as head of advocacy and government affairs for the Trevor Project. I give this before I even give my job because it's the important way that you're going to describe me. Not what I do, but who I am. And that I respect for my gender is really, really important. I think our culture has built itself around an idea that the faster I can learn something about you, the faster I can um, interact with you. We are a system of speed. And pronouns sometimes slow that down, right? Like the assumption uh, makes things easier. We are every single time we meet someone immediately putting some type of um, judgment on them really quickly so we know how to interact with them. But that judgment could be wrong. And so I think the hard part is to change perspective. Now, this isn't asking you to run a marathon. This is you saying that you want to be respected in a specific way, and I can do that for you by using a pronoun. Things that companies and schools can do are on the first day of classes, and for maybe the first week, having a sticker where you tell people, hi, my name is Sam, my pronouns are they and them. It's also really important to recognize that pronouns change sometimes. Many of us uh, will not always have the same pronouns uh, because our gender is changing or our gender realization has changed. I think that's really, really important for us to say that the flexibility of your personality should be something that we can respect and the flexibility of your gender identity is something that we can respect. Pronouns are confusing. I'm not going to say that they're not. But if I can have the President of the United States use my gender-neutral pronouns, and I can respectfully use theirs, then I think we're going to be in a world where everyone can be respected, and everyone has the responsibility to be respectful. Welcome to episode five, part two, where we'll be talking about China, Russia, domestic terrorism. Now, you just unfortunately, for most of you, um, sorry, I had to do it. You know, we got to spread the information somehow. Um, heard about three minutes from a, um, I don't know what he is. He was a male. Uh, it's Sam Britton. Um, 
he's some kind of uh, thing, some kind of it creature um, that uses pronouns. And you just unfortunately had to hear him talk about it for three minutes. And for those of you who haven't taken a shotgun to the back of your head yet after that, um, you might want to after this. Um, that person who just heard for three minutes, uh, the Biden administration, um, he is the uh, the next hire for the Department of Energy. Now, I don't know what he's going to be doing there, if he's going to be leading it. Uh, just, I don't, I don't know what the hell he's going to be doing. But the Biden administration hired him for the Department of Energy. So I have no idea what he, uh, I mean, you know what, maybe I'm being too hard on him. Maybe he is qualified, you know. I'm sure he's gone to school to some uh, liberal brainwashed university. Um, I'm sure he knows a lot about department, the, the energy, and how things work here in the United States. And I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know, him being an it creature who dresses as a woman, um, that won't have any effect at all on the country or the Department of Energy. So there's that to start things off. Uh, now, we're also going to play another video right now where John Stewart... Um, he sued the Daily Show. Uh, again, just like Bill Mayer, he's kind of an old school Democrat. He talks about who controls what is misinformation. Um, I believe on it, he was doing a podcast, so it's about a 30 second video. This is a, these are shifting sands and. I think I get concerned with, well, who gets to decide what that, I mean, we, in the Iraq war, I was on the side of what you would think on the mainstream is misinformation. I was promoting what they would call misinformation, but it turned out to be right years later. And the establishment media was wrong and not. So, and basically, he's a, he's right on point. Um, again, he's a, he's an an older Democrat. So, I, I think what a lot of people like John Stewart, uh, Bill Maher, they're realizing that hey, this isn't going to end this censorship this uh, attack on on podcasters, on shows, on anything other than if you're not the big ones, CNN, Fox, MSNBC, you're, you're going to get canceled or attacked if you don't say the right thing. And, and I think that uh, Jon Stewart realizes that and he kind of went through that himself a little bit with uh, – how he said when he went against the Iraq war. And so he, even if he doesn't agree with 
the people who are against the vaccines, against masks, all that other stuff, he realizes, hey, I've been through this before. People need their freedom of speech because if you don't allow what's anti-mask, anti-vaxxers, and and we hate them, we can't let them speak today, um, you know, was the Iraq war you know, 10, 15 years, 15, what, 15, yeah, 10, 15 years ago. And who knows what it could be the next 5, 10, 15 years from now. So people need to be real careful as to allowing their government uh, to basically tell them who to hate and and who, who they can censor and cancel because it could happen to you. Now, speaking of, uh, you know, tyrannical governments, the Biden administration a couple of days ago urged the Canadian government to use federal powers to respond to protests blocking the borders. So that's Joe Biden, um, the dictator in chief. Uh, telling another dictator and Justin Trudeau how to run his government and to use federal powers because Biden's used to that type of thing, you know, with his executive orders. Uh, and then immediately after, they must have taken his advice because Canadian province of Ontario declares state of emergency and respond to the trucker protests. <clears throat> the Ontario Premier Doug Ford has declared a state of emergency in his province over the ongoing trucker protests in Ottawa and the border blockage in Windsor, Ontario. Uh, during a press conference on Friday, Ford said he will enact orders to make it crystal clear that it is illegal and punishable to block and impede the movement of goods, people, services along critical infrastructure. So, I mean, that would have helped with Black Lives Matter. When they did that. But then again, um, they're, they're the minorities. They're, they're allowed to do that. Because if you vote for Democrats, you can again rape and pillage and you'll, you're okay. So as long as everybody understands how the game is played. If you're a conservative, uh, libertarian, then... You don't really have any freedoms, and you're going to get censored. You need to shut your mouth and accept what the government is trying to do to you, uh, which is just different forms of tyranny. And uh, if you're liberal, if you're Democrat, then, yeah, you can do whatever you want. If you want to rape somebody, cool, rape them. If you want to abort five babies in, you know, in five years, cool, do that. Awesome. More, more, more killing babies, the better, you know, if you want to have an administration where you fund giving uh crack pipes to, to drug addicts and supervising their uh, drug addiction. So then they don't overdose, uh, using taxpayer money to do it. Awesome. Do it. It's all fun and games, right? So there's that, uh, fines for non-compliance up there will be, $100,000 and up to a year imprisonment. Uh, so 
the Ford said, while the emergency measures are temporary, the government has every intention to bring new legislation forward to make them permanent and law. So, and folks, if you, again, like you need to be paying attention to what's going on in the world because Canada is our next door neighbor. So what's going on up in Canada, you already know Biden is supporting Justin Trudeau and wants to use wants them to use federal powers to make it law up in Canada to basically imprison um, anybody who protests against the government. So if he's supporting Canada on doing that, what makes you think that if given the chance, Biden won't do that here? They've already got, as I said in the last in, in part one of the episode, that of uh, the Department of Homeland Security, they already made a terror threat of anybody who's anti-government, anti-establishment, anti-COVID measures, anti-election fraud. <clears throat> a Virginia school district sought to spend two hundred thousand dollars to monitor social media threats and hate speech. Virginia's Fairfax County Public Schools has been looking to spend $200,000 to contract software providers that could help monitor social media threats and hate speech targeting the school district, according to the documents unveiled by a parent group and a now-closed request for proposal, uh, or RRP, dated November 30th, 2021. The uh, Fairfax County Public Schools said it was willing to award a total of 200000 to contractors for software that would allow the school district's Office of Safety and Security to expand um, its social media research program. We plan to monitor social media threats, harassments, hate speech, and bullying, uh, reads a clarification document attached to the RFP. Uh, yeah, so <clears throat> it's not hate speech, folks. Uh, that that's just that's just what they. Um, it's like a it's like a it's like a turd, right? You pinch one off, and then somebody asks you if you took a shit because you didn't flush, and then you run back in there, and you uh, you just spray some fucking some Febreze over the toilet, right? The turd's still there. You just you you you're, you're trying to make it somebody walk in and be like, oh, there's no turd in the toilet because it smells like Febreze. Now, aside from the horrible. Uh, analogy that I just fucking used for this. Um, this isn't about hate speech. This isn't about uh, social media threats or anything like that. This is about, and I guarantee you, if you if they would have, the only reason why they backtracked on it was because you have the uh, uh, governor. I forget what his name is, uh, a Republican who won last year in Virginia, the new governor. Guarantee you, if there was a Democrat 
uh, governor in Virginia still, this would have been rolled out. And because now school districts, which are a lot of them are working with the FBI, working with the government, uh, they see parents as a domestic terrorist. They see parents as a threat. No longer as a parent can you go to a uh, public school meeting, um, whatever the hell it's called. I mean, I'm not a parent, so I don't attend this shit. Um, But you can't attend this stuff anymore and voice your concern about what you want to be taught to your children, um, you know, you don't like your children being taught sex at, you know, in elementary school, how to jerk off, how to pleasure yourself as a female, you know, where and how to do it. You don't like drag queen story time. You don't like some, some dude, some it creature, some thing walking in dresses a female with a wig on. Bouncing your little boy on his knee with a heart on. You don't like that? Oh, okay. Well, you're a fucking domestic terrorist. And that's what this is. These monitoring of social media threats and hate speech. It's just translation. We want you to shut up. Okay? If you're a parent, you need to shut up. And and, 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 and and let the tranny bounce your little boy on his heart on while he reads him a story. Okay? Get used to it and shut your mouth. That's the message. Meanwhile, China is seeking to dominate the world, per U.S. Secretary of State. Uh, the United States Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, on his first official trip to Australia for the, uh, okay, I don't even care about any of this, uh, why he went on a trip. Uh, basically, he said that China is seeking to institute a new world order characterized by illiberalism that will allow it to dominate the world. Uh, speaking to an Australian newspaper in an exclusive interview, Blinken said that in recent years, the world has seen China become more aggressive internationally and more repressive domestically. To my mind, there's little doubt that China's ambition over time is to be the leading military, economic, diplomatic, and political power, not just in the region, but in the world. What we've seen in recent years in China, acting more repressively at home and more aggressively in the region. Um, Anthony Blinken, where the hell have you been? It's just been going on for years now. For at least, at least minimum... Two to five years since Trump's been in office. Even when Obama was in there, China was a threat. Well, late to the party, dude. Um, U.S. needs to boost hypersonic missile production to counter China threat. Pentagon official. Um. The United States must boost its production of hypersonic weapons if it's to adequately counter and deter the capabilities being developed by China, according to a senior Pentagon official. I would say that 
everything we're doing in terms of the interceptors, the strike weapons, isn't going to make a difference unless we have sufficient quantities. Um, so having a dozen hypersonic missiles, regardless of whether they're really hypersonic, isn't going to scare anyone. Hypersonic weapons, unlike conventional missiles, are maneuverable and thus can invade traditional U.S. weapons detection systems. So just, um, you know, people are starting to kind of figure out, it's a little too late actually, um, that, you know, hey, China's a threat. And uh, we probably should have been paying attention to them, I don't know, like 10 years ago. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're ahead of us, folks. They're ahead of us. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we're no longer the uh, number one superpower in about five, ten years. U.S. facing epic nuclear threat from China and Russia. The United States must contend with two peer nuclear powers for the first time as China and Russia continue to expand and modernize their nuclear arsenals, according to Major General uh, Ferdinand. Stoss, Director of Plans and Policy at U.S. Strategic Command. Quote, this is the first time ever that we have a three-party nuclear peer dynamic. We have no history of this. End quote. China's communist leadership is engaged in a systematic military modernization program, of which a part is alleged to be the rapid expansion of the nation's nuclear arsenal. Satellite images revealed in the summer of 2021 that China was building more than 100 new silos for intercontinental continental, try saying that three times fast, ballistic missiles in the northwestern part of the country. And the Pentagon has said that China could have more than 1,000 nuclear weapons by 2030. Isn't that lovely? <clears throat> From Fox News. Russia likely to invade Ukraine in days as Belarus military drills serve as cover to Senator Cotton. The expectation of Russia invading Ukraine is becoming progressively more likely based on recent military patterns. Um, based off of uh, analyzed reports, according to the Russian military movement and the commencement of drills with Belarus, Cotton anticipated that President Putin had every intention to attack the Ukrainian capital of Kyiv first, pending invasion. The sad fact is that Russia has troops encircling Ukraine, and they're exposed at almost every front, he said. By my estimate, based on the late troops' movements into Belarus, is that Vladimir, Vladimir Putin decided that he wanted to get to the capital sooner rather than later. Those military drills are nothing but a cover for a likely invasion. I think they tell us since they're starting so soon that we could be down to a matter of days, not weeks. Cotton advocated for not sending any troops into Ukraine as members of the U.S. military stand by the Polish border. The senator did, however, share an explicit message for Americans still in Ukraine. Get out now. You should leave now, he asserted. If you do not leave now, you should make a plan to leave by ground to the west in countries like Poland or Hungary. Meanwhile, Biden says U.S. troops won't rescue Americans in Ukraine if Russia invades. No shit, Biden. You didn't do it in Afghanistan. Why would you do it in Russia? 
President Joe Biden, in an interview released February 10th, urged Americans still in Ukraine to leave immediately. American citizens should leave now, Biden said in his interview, which aired on NBC Nightly News. Biden made clear that in the event Russia does invade, he will not send troops to evacuate Americans. Now, how do you do that? How do you even find them, he said. That's a world war when Americans and Russians start shooting at one another. Right, which Biden wants. He wants a world war. <clears throat> Russia could invade the Ukraine before the end of the Olympics, per White House. During a press pre- briefing on Friday, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan reiterated that to reporters that Russia could invade Ukraine any day and added that an invasion could occur before the completion of the Beijing Olympics which are set to end on February 20th. Biden, Putin, to speak by phone as White House tells Americans to leave. Um, Biden holds hour-long call with Putin over Ukraine. No material progress announced. The White House didn't announce any material progress in de-escalating the tension between Russia and Ukraine after President Joe Biden held an hour-long call with Russia President Vladimir Putin. The call happened between today at 11 a.m. Eastern Time until 12 p.m. Eastern Time. Biden warned Putin that the United States will respond decisively and impose swift and severe costs on Russia if the latter chose to invade Ukraine. The State Department ordered an evacuation of most U.S. direct hire employees from the U.S. Embassy in Kyiv and urged Americans in Ukraine to leave immediately earlier Saturday as the tension at Russia-Ukraine border escalated. At the same time, the Biden administration is moving thousands of troops into Eastern Europe, including 1,700 paratroopers from the 82nd Airborne Division and a squadron from the 2nd Cavalry, Cavalry Regime. The U.S. Air Force this week also confirmed that nuclear-capable B-52 bombers, support equipment, and the 5th Wing personnel are being deployed to England in the midst of heightened tensions between Russia and Ukraine. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it, folks. Um, we could be staring down the barrel of uh, World War Three. Uh, again, I've said it on like the, like the last past two episodes. I'll keep, I'll keep saying it. Um, if World War Three starts between Russia and China, like we, uh, the United States is completely 100% at fault. It's 100% at fault. Uh, I'm in no way, shape, or form uh, for World War Three or any type of war against Russia at all. Um, we don't, the United States needs to stop policing the world. Uh, Russia going against Ukraine, we're not even allies with them. We're not. I don't give a fuck what the UN says. Like we're, we're not allies with Ukraine. I mean, Hunter Biden might, may have some business, in Ukraine, but that doesn't make us allies. So just leave them like, let the countries do whatever the hell they want to do. That's none of our business. 
were provoking World War III with Russia. And then China is going to go in and they're going to ally themselves with Russia if that happens. And then we're going to be getting attacked on both fronts. And we'll see how lovely that is. So, I'll keep giving you updates on what's happened to Russia. Could be full-scale war anytime now. Any day, any week. So, uh, with the way things are going, it looks like Biden really wants World War III. His administration sucks. Everything he's everything he does turns to shit. Um, the COVID fucking the race war here in America isn't is dying out. The COVID plan, the COVID games, the pandemic, that's dying out. Um, I, I'll talk about that in the next episode and why that is. Uh, and um, the climate change narrative just isn't taken off as as well as they would like it. Um, so, you know, in order for people to not pay attention to everything he's doing and all of his other Democrats that are looking forward to the, the, the mid, mid 22 elections, um, don't pay attention to anything here. We need to really push a world war three that way. Um, nobody will have a chance to do anything with the 22 midterm elections. Everybody's going to be dead. So, um, that is the end of episode five, part two. And so the next episode is going to be episode six, part one. Uh, and that's going to hit up the, uh, some of the COVID stuff that I have. So thanks for listening guys.